Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Tribe, I am excited to welcome my guest today, Alex Eisman. He is the CEO and founder of Genium, a premium software engineering and agile consulting firm with offices in Silicon Valley and Argentina. Must be some fun travel there. He is a tech entrepreneur who also doubles as a professional hockey ref. Yeah, and he combines cutting-edge vision for the future of tech with a talent for making the tough call. I'm sure he's had many in his professional hockey career, and we'll certainly talk about that. And for more than 10 years, he has connected innovative businesses with world-class developers, engineers, and security experts specializing in highly secure mobile apps, blockchain, computer vision, AI, and other fields on the tech frontier. Very curious to learn some more about what he's working on there. And he's got a great passion for aircrafts, hockey, and music. And the awesome part, it's how he manages to learn new ways to produce music and how to play instruments. This guy is a bit of jack of all trades. Um, we'll dig into all that. We just connected offline. He's from Russia. My wife's from Russia. So we bonded over that. And we'll talk about a bunch more fun stuff. Alex Eisman, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me here. Thanks. Super pumped and excited to talk about my story and uh, share my uh, experience with you. Fantastic. Awesome. So let's just start off here. I mean, I think I did a pretty good job, you know, with the intro there, but what did I miss here? Let's talk about your foundation a bit. I really want my listeners to understand, you know, who you are, like where you came from and where we are today. Let's kick it off with that. Absolutely. So uh, it's interesting as you ask me those questions, I start to um, go back and think what made me um, who I am right now. And uh, fascinating enough, it was um, my mom that, that started, uh, started dedicating her time and putting me in different uh, different groups of people. Um, I, you know, I, I used to do music. I used to do ballet dancing a little bit. I, you know, did sports and then did hockey. Hockey turned out to be a very good, successful yeah. career for me. And uh, I didn't make it as a player, but I transitioned into uh, an official and a referee. And I, I worked all the way up to the professional level there. And in yeah. parallel, I was doing music and, and tr just trying myself in different things. So I was literally trying myself everywhere and throwing myself everywhere to see where where I love the most. And that's how I kind of narrowed things down. Um, but then as I went, uh, time went by and, and, and sports became a huge part of my life and, and hockey was pretty much my life and it was my full-time job up until I got my second major in computer science and uh, mathematics. Um, routines and, and work ethics became my mantra. And that's right. what it is for athletes. You have to maintain your body, you have to eat right, you have to sleep well, you have to work out. And just because you have to perform at the highest level in the game. And, and, that, was, and, and that was my success formula of, of making it there, just working really hard and sticking to your routine, um, being a good human being all around. And uh, when I started trying other things, I w that's the only way to work I knew. And I started applying the same principles and everywhere else. Uh, when I went to get my second degree in computer science and mathematics, it was the same thing. It was routine. It was hard work and dedication. And I had my goals and I was just going through them and uh, scheduling everything properly. And uh, I graduated uh, great and I've got a job offer here in San Francisco. Um, decided to switch my careers uh, from professional sports to uh, software engineering. And uh, 
came over here. Quite a shift. So um, that's the only thing that I would add that, that I think that was, you know, consistent, persistent pursuit. That's what our friend Dave Meltzer uh, talks about. And I was yep. very deep into sports and that's how, that's how I think uh, I ended up being here. And fast forward, um, I opened up a company, Genium, and we've, we've been doing a great job and uh, mostly on the security front because cybersecurity is my background. And a lot of the guys, when you don't need cybersecurity, but you still need high-end engineering and you still need data integrity because user data is important right now. Right. Even for dating apps, they might not really need a lot of the security aspects, but when you think about it, they have all profiles, information about who they connect with. This is security, yeah, so you have way. to build it build it all properly right you got to um, treat it with the right diligence right so um came in here started uh, no hockey I, you know it was a devastating transition for me I, it was a year worth of depression uh but then i you know i got back into it i i started doing local hockey here in the bay area and uh got noticed by by supervisors they they, they asked my background they knew i'm a professional athlete at that point and when American League came over to the uh, West Coast, they hired me as a professional linesman here. And I the worked AHL, right? in California. Yeah, the American yeah. Hockey League. And uh, in, in fact, I had a game uh, yesterday and uh, on, on a face-off got caught, you know, my finger got caught a little bit. So um, You're in it. Yeah. But that's what I love about, about I mean, I'm a big hockey fan. I grew up uh, as an Islanders fan, a New York Islanders fan here out on Long Island um, through the fun years, right? I was here for the the cups early on when I, when I was a little kid. And then, you know, even in the, in the mid late nineties, you know, the Islanders had a run there and then, you know, they went into the great Islander depression. Now we're making a comeback and I went to school in Buffalo. So I actually worked for the Buffalo Sabres when I was up at school. Um, I forgot the exact year, but it was the year that the Sabres were in the cup against the Dallas stars and Brett Hull kicked the puck in the net. I don't know if you remember that to win, uh, to win was, the Stanley cup there. That was quite a while ago. <laughs> I, quite a little, I mean, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but my job was at the time, cause I was an intern um, I was on the other side of the door where the players came in and out onto the ice. Okay. So I was standing there when the cup came out and he literally kicked the puck into the net. I mean, they should have called it, but they were celebrating. They let it go. It was a whole big controversy and people were throwing beer and hot dogs and all types of other shit onto the ice. And I just remembered getting nailed and hit in the head and covered with, it was gross. Anyway, I digress a little bit. You hit on something that I want to kind of kick off on that the, the analogies and similarities between entrepreneurship and pro sports. And you hit on a lot of these points around discipline uh, and being laser focused in training. So how, how is that discipline and training that you took from sports? How did you apply that to, to building your own business? So, um, and as I said, it's a great question. And uh, once you establish that, that mentality of hard working and keeping, sticking up to your routines, um, as you said, that's the only thing I knew. So I knew that I have to wake up at, let's say, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. in the morning. So I had my meal. I have to eat well because I, I go to the gym. And, and it's pretty much scheduled. So I have my, my game day today or travel time. It's all scheduled and you, you self-organize. As an official, you travel by yourself and you have to organize all the travels yourself and schedules and everything. And uh, when I start doing um, – when I start doing – and let me just even reverse engineer myself a yeah, little sure, bit deeper on the ice. Um, you deal with emotions. A lot of the emotions in you know, teams play coaches yell and, and somehow you have to figure out a way to communicate with them and be a good human being and make sure the game is safe and fair and still maintain um, somehow good relationship with coaches and players. Yeah, um, and I, at that, at that point, I knew how to do that, right? So you, you analyze and you separate emotions from views and you, you know how to control the, that. And I started applying the same principles when talking to my potential clients, 
you know, I'm, I was just being a good human being and uh, um, understanding what they're like, what, what is, what, what do they need and where, where they're coming from. Um, and really that really helped because it was so similar. It's like talk, talking to a coach or a manager or a top player or a captain of the team, understanding what they, what they complain about or what they need. Um, and then transitioning into my scheduling routine. So I would take everything they needed and start, start breaking it down, scheduling it, delegating it properly and, and sticking to, the, to that schedule. So um, really transitioned the same principles of scheduling and to doing the same routine over and over again and same in sales. So when right. I, st- I, I didn't know anything about sales when I, st- and that was still learning a lot about it. Right. But- so you learned that you learned the tech side of it too, but you really didn't know about the sales part. No, not at all. I did not know what sales is and how important it is. I thought that you only have to be a very good engineer and do your job well and everything will, uh, which essentially that's how I started. I started to do a lot of good stuff. People started to come back and started asking for more. And all I was doing is working more and bringing the right people to the team. Well, and I'm, I'm, well, let me ask you this sales analogy, right? I mean, as a, as a professional hockey linesman, right? Like you're calling penalties and some of these players, when they're taking a dive and they're trying to sell a penalty to you, I mean, you know what that's all about. Exactly. So you would do that. You would sell... <laughs> Sometimes you have to sell your penalties and calls as well. So we have gray, gray areas and sometimes you have to be very convincing and sell it. Uh, but I didn't have that anal- an- analogy when I was transitioning to business. I couldn't get it right there. Um, and then in business, sales is a little bit more emotional. It takes a little bit more time. There's more fi- you know, finite details around, around how, you, how you do sales. And sales is all about helping. So I, since I didn't know what sales is, I started just helping people, genuinely helping yeah. people. Yeah, it came back. And, and right. And that's what of, Yeah, like you had it in you. You just had you just had to figure out how to how to coax it out of you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your company, Genium. And I was reading about you're creating correct me if I'm wrong here, right? Like you're creating software and programs about around personalized DNA medicine. Did I read that correctly? Uh, yes, we have we have that project uh, on on the sidelines. So Genium is a, is a premium engineering consultancy company. What we basically do, we we build software for companies and we help them to uh, augment their stuff as well. And main hub in Argentina, so I go there every year uh, for about a month and a half, and I stay there and I work there out of that office, and then come back here during the hockey season. Um, so we build premium software. By premium, I mean I, I gather very high-end engineers around the world. Specifically, Argentina works well with the United States, and uh, I um, love bringing them all together and building it. Uh, building engineers, I mean the teams that that are focused on quality. So we're all about high quality, and we're we're I, I hate slappy code. I hate bad architecture. Keep so, it tight. Right and. That's what we help companies to build mobile apps, websites, and, and focus on mid, mid and large corporations they, when they need additional force to, to come in and do the expertise. And hardware companies has been great for us, helping uh, Feed 3D is a great company. And yeah. there's a lot of good names. But talking, you know, talking specifically about personalized DNA and DNA medicine, I mean, right. my so understanding that, on that is like it's really you know, down to that, that gene level and, and customizing. <laughs> I mean, talk to me. I mean, I don't know crap about right. this. So, like how, okay. so I was going to say, how would you explain this to your mom? All right. So, uh, long story short, or maybe your mom is a computer engineer. I don't know. Like maybe you could talk shop. 
she she is a, <laughs> she is an, believe it or not she is an engineer she the first her, her degree is in love it. science as well so but um fine your aunt your grandma right okay so uh babushka uh, so we do a lot <laughs> great yeah we do <laughs> we do help our clients but then as clients help us to grow uh, we allocate some portion of the uh, revenue towards this project and that's that's been my passion uh i feel that personalized dna um, medicine and um, healthcare is is the future. So I, I really want to contribute to fighting cancer in particular, um, any sorts of cancer with immune immune, ther immune therapies. And there's been a lot of great researchers right now have done. And I'm you know I'm 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 a small fish in the pond, but I I I feel that this is a very highly technical field when it comes to AI and machine learning, and that's where engineers have to come together and. Uh, try to solve that problem. Uh, maybe not completely, but move, move that forward and, and resolve it. Because I believe that cancer could be, will be cured pretty soon we, as anti un getting antibiotics. Because absolutely. Or antibiotics, you could have done from flu. You, can, you could have done, died from flu. And I'm pretty sure in, 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 a, in, in a visible amount of time, we'll have the same um, progress uh, curing cancer. So I want to contribute to that. We have a small project of uh, AI engineer working on, uh, on building a machine learning um, platform to analyze DNA data and predict uh, predictive um, cells mutation. Um, and it's a small step, my, my personal contribution to the world, I, I wanna help. It's amazing. And, um, and it's, it's, there's a lot of challenges with getting data, getting sample data for us, because we're just- uh, Is there no open source data around, around cancer, no, or is it all well, privatized? It's, it's all privatized. There is no benefit for hospitals to share that. And uh, like, I cannot just go and ask, give this data to us and university universities have access to that but we're not a university we're a private entity and um there's been a lot of 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 troubles for us getting that data so my focus on getting that data for for the guys um and they're on the back burner building building out because it's a research project it's not straightforward it's not something you can just build into finite scope right. um my personal contribution i'm super passionate about that and uh yeah, that's incredible, man. I mean, kudos on that. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, you, you launch your own business and, you know, as any entrepreneur, you're going to have successes and failures, but like, what was one of those early failures or maybe even a misstep where you're like, shit, you know what? I thought it was going to go this way. I had it planned out of my head. You know, you seem like a very methodical kind of routine, like, like a little bit like me, right? Like you're very methodical. It's going to go down these steps. Let's talk about something early on in your entrepreneurship days when you made that shift from, you know, ice hockey ref into business owner and you made that first mistake and what'd you learn from that? Uh, yeah, uh, it was a big one. It was a big failure. And, uh, I, we, we had a client that we were helping and I was, I was in my early entrepreneurial career. I was, I was all about helping. So I was over helping the client and, uh, it was a real, you know, relatively large corporation. And we've built a great team, great product, and they asked us to increase capacity. So we started increasing and um, they started to be late on invoices. And I didn't really pay attention to that because it's a group, like it's a huge corporation and the invoice was quite large, but they were still paying, but it was late and late for the last five months. I didn't pay attention. And all of a sudden the payments stopped for about three months. And they, but we were at that point, we were a big team and we we're building it up more and more. And at that point I was more of an HR facilitator because we we're just building a lot of, bringing a lot of people. And uh, the, the company pretty much uh, shut down. They ran out of money. And I, I, I was devastated because I, you know, I, I had my team and I, I needed to take care of them. 
and I've hired them and I need to pay their salaries, their health insurances, everything. They have families. I had obligations and I, I right, couldn't let them go. So I, I had to take out a lot of loans to cover their salaries for a good, like it was four or five month period up until we were able to recover. I had to let some of the guys go. It was devastating wow. and we couldn't recover any money because the company uh, uh, pretty much went out of business or yeah, was tough. very close to, uh, and it was a great lesson for me. So I, the, the way I went about it, so I sat down, it was devastating and I, I had to, I had to spend a year recovering from that disaster. And I, I felt so bad about the guys that I, that didn't get paid all the way, or I, I just didn't have enough assets to do that. Um, and so, uh, I'm, I'm curious, right? So let's talk about that people management uh, aspect for a little bit too, right? Like, you know, in, in hockey, right? If you're using the analogy, you're mitigating, you're, you're working on conflicts and in hockey, it's pretty black and white, right? These guys are beefing over something, there's a slashing, there's something going on there. But now you're talking about situations in the workplace, right? And you have to let somebody go. And it's not performance-based, right? Like, no. how do you take that to heart, man? Like, do you take it deeply personal that, like, you let this client in who couldn't pay their bills and now someone who you hired that you believed in is out on the streets? What did that feel like? Yeah, uh, felt horrible. Felt horrible and it was a world coming to end to me. And it was devastating. Um, the only thing I knew is I, I knew I love it. I knew I love, and I surround myself and with very good people. Now that's my key mentality right now throughout life. Just surround yourself with good people. And those were very good people and are good people. And I had to let them go. So here's what I did um, with some of them. First of all, I let them stay for, for a couple of more months. So we didn't have work, but they stayed with me for two months. I, I told them that, look, we, that's the situation. That's how long I can keep you in the company. So you were transparent with them. You were open with them and say, hey, listen, I, open book. Here, here's what the hell's going on here. I'm not trying to hide anything. Right. This is the bullshit that I'm dealing with. There's nothing I can do about it. Of course, it. I didn't give him the whole shenanigan picture because as a leader, you cannot just go down you know, crying and tell everything what's happened because you have to be uh, – right pretty pretty confident then that you can sustain them for two another for another two months but what what essentially happened uh, i told them two months but then i i reached out to my contacts and i started looking for their jobs so i pull out their resumes and i've i've personally found jobs for them i've called out my contacts i said look we've got great guys i have this guy he's amazing um do you have any spots there uh, i've called out my previous clients and i i, I was able to pretty much find jobs for almost that's incredible man that's that's the right thing doing the right thing every time is the way to do it right there's karma that there's life on that that's and and have any of these guys come back to you you know when the business picked back up yes (laughs) (laughs) but like it's so interesting too like let's talk about gary vaynerchuk right like you know gary right have you done business with gary before we're we're, yes we've done business and we're we're working with him and then right now working with uh the sasha group for smaller stuff yeah yeah james orsini is a good guy yeah but you know Gary talks about it all the time, right? It's, it's how you, you treat employees while they're there. It's almost more important on the way out how you treat them. That experience, I mean, these people came back and they wanted to work for you. That's, yeah. that's a testament to you, man. So let's, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's get into some fun stuff here. You're, are you, talk a little bit about your aviation experience. Are you a... I'm a student pilot. I've got 30, pilot. 30 hours under my belt. Um, incredible, experience, incredible experience. I, I can talk hours and hours, but it's yeah. incredible experience. And, and, and I read that your, your favorite route to fly is over the Ritz-Carlton Half Bay Moon, moon in Cali. Why is that such an, a, an important route for you to fly over? Uh, that's where my wedding was. That's where I had the Ritz-Carlton Half Bay, one of my favorite uh, resorts. And um, I love the place. It's my Zen place. I don't go there as often. I fly over quite often, but yeah. I don't go personally there as often. My wife wants that a little more often, which I should do. <laughs> um, beautiful place. But uh, 
I was dreaming about having a wedding in this place for quite a while because that really? was the filming location for the American Pie uh, part three, that, yeah. the wedding. That's where they filmed the wedding. Interesting. That's where I've been learned about this place. I've Googled about this place. It was so beautiful. Your wedding was inspired by American Pie three. I love it. That's yes. The destination. Uh, the, lo the, the location. The location. location. Yes. We'll call it that. And and has your wife been up on the plane with you yet? With you flying? Uh, yes. So she uh, she I'm actually starting to she started to learn learn to fly um, last oh, cool. year. So because look, she she's scared to fly, but she had a great experience. She had a great experience. Yeah. I, I've got a very good private instructor that 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 teaches me, and we had great experience. And now she doesn't afraid to fly big planes anymore, more of a small planes. But like uh, she needs like she really feels that she needs to know how to fly a plane because if I'm going to be playing, if something happens to me, she needs to know how to take over and, <laughs> and do something. That's pragmatic at its best, man. The couples that fly together. Um, I want to shift gears and talk about your music, which I think is pretty cool. Um, uh, and, and you talk a little bit about how, you know, insom and being an insomniac and leading into depression, but there's a way that you connected, you know, insomnia with creativity and you created this into a new music track. Let's unpack that a little bit because I was reading about it and I really wasn't quite clear music, on what was going on. There. Right. So music is a big part of my life. I, I used like, first of all, I have a formal musical degree. I play piano and I picked up saxophone and violin a little bit uh, on the way. And I worked on a sound rec recording studio for three or four years back in the days and I've learned a lot about music and actually working with artists and, and, and how to record stuff and uh, um, write music as well. So I've been doing that throughout, throughout my life and music is my outlet of expression. So I, sometimes I would sit down and play something and if I'm not in the mood or, or I don't want to go to sleep, I just go to my studio. I have a small studio with piano and computer and I can sit down and write something down and just put my emotions there. And uh, I've been lately. I've been doing more and more um, uh, soundtrack production for just for myself for for the That's amazing. Fun, uh, for for movies. And uh, I I, I want to do more and more of these. And I'm learning orchestration and. Um, that's what I do when, when other people watch YouTube Incredible. videos and they try to have fun. I watch orchestration tutorial videos and see how, how to orchestrate. That's my fun. And, and, I, and I also read that you, you recently discovered an ancient instrument that's like 3,000 years old. What's, I'm going to pronounce it completely wrong. Is it the duduk? It's duduk. Duduk. It's, it's right? an like, Armenian, it's national Armenian instrument. Beautiful. What is it? What kind of, is it a string or is it a oh, No, it's, it's, a, it's a, woodwind, a woodwind instrument. It's, it's, uh, it's like a flute. Um, it's a double reed flute. Uh, has has a crying sound when you listen to the to it. it it's it's amazing. It uh, it it want to make you cry. Honestly, when it, it's re really really emotional. And 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 where did you find your instrument? Um, so instruments has been my passion uh, for quite a while. So I like to pick up different instruments and. Um, that was one of the latest ones and I wanted to, to learn to play this for quite a while. So I, I you know, looked up um, some Armenian masters and I've ordered from our, directly from Armenia and then came over to California and started learning to play. And since you know the basics, it's not too hard. You just, again, you go back to the basics. The you, lear you learn the basics, how to produce the sound and you know the notes and then you start practicing. So right, you're the playing the foundation. It's the same as sport, right? You learn the, the, ba the basic mechanics and then you just re repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah, that's awesome. So you have a motto, quote, more than enough. And, you know, it's, it's interesting how everyone has, you know, their mantras and their mottos and more than enough. But what does that mean to you? When you, do you say it every day? Do you say it to other people? What does more than enough mean? It's just a way of looking at things. So I, I, I just live in a world 
more than enough, meaning that I have enough of everything. I have enough of love. I have enough of clients. There is enough of energy around me. So I don't have to seek out for extra. There is, everything is around me. I just have to create accessibility. I have to connect with the right people. And since I'm, you know, I'm all about helping and that's how I've been running the business. I genuinely want to find a company or a person that I want to help. Um, it's just creating that accessibility and finding that match and, and then going all, um, you know, going to the wall just to, to help out and uh, make sure that the client or company is successful I or have, music or anybody, anything else. Yeah. I love it. You also say that life is better, better with a smile. Right. And, and, and I try to say that too, right. For me, I mean, for me, when I think about that slogan, for me, it's about a mantra of positivity. Um, you know, I strongly believe that the smile is the only distance between two strangers, right? Like that's how you bring people together. But how does that resonate with you that life is better with a smile? Uh, I just, every day I wake up, I, you know, I'm thankful that I have another day and uh, I, I, I try to smile and bring positivity. I think, um, as an entrepreneur, you, 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 your job is to figure things out, figure out the most complicated and not pleasant things in your company because everything else gets sorted, sorted out down, uh, at other levels and you only get the most critical problems and you have to maintain positive mindset. Otherwise you won't be able to get through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And on the ice as well, like you, you know, you smile and guys, you know, smile back and just they may not have any teeth a, though, right? When they're smiling, but they're smiling back at you. Well, you had there are certain times when when <laughs> we when you you know when there's time to smile and there's time not to smile. But same in life, right? There's there are times to, to smile and times not to smile. Um, but in general, I like to maintain positivity, and I've been positive. And creating that environment around myself is important for me. And I, I feed off of that environment and the environment feeds off of me and, and positivity and smile. That's awesome. And I love it. Um, one of the qualities that, that I'm picking up on that you and I have in common just from our short conversation today is tenacity. I mean, that's what my show is really about. That's what drives my career forward. I get a sense it drives yours as well. And tenacity and adding value go hand in hand. And you said once, quote, if you want to succeed at anything, it's extremely important to learn from the best. And I would like to know who was your best mentor during your journey to, to success? Um, I was fortunate in life to get mentors, very good mentors all around. And um, either intentionally or unintentionally, people that I work with, I, I identify mentors, I learn from them. You, sometimes you don't even have to identify somebody as a mentor. You just work side by side with an amazing person and learn the way they do things. Um, early in my career, I had great uh, first sound recording engineer that employed me at a sound recording studio. I've learned a lot there. Hockey, there's been many hockey uh, officials that were my mentors uh, in Russia. And back here in the United States, Mike Lego is one of them. Um, Michelle Voyer in Los Angeles is the other one. There's California Referee School is a great place where I go every year. Um, I, you know, I've learned a lot there. Dave Meltzer is one of the mentors that uh, I, can, I can name. He, he, trans he transformed me from... Uh, pragmatic person into emotional person more and uh, um, taught me about energy and, and how you connect everything. Um, and I was missing that from sports because I was very pragmatic and that shift into more emotional um, side of me. It was, was great and I love it. And uh, it's been, it's been great. Um, and here's a story. I'm going to tell you a story. So I was, I sure. was, uh, I wanted to learn, uh, again, my private pilot license and I didn't know where to start. So, uh, there's a school in Palo Alto where I fly at right now, and I there's a great hike around Palo Alto Airport. So I would 
drag my wife out over there and we would do a hike around the airport and I see planes taking off and landing. It was very close to the runway. And I think it was Saturday or Sunday it was where I said, look, there is a flight school right there. Let's just go in and I ask around. And I just walked in and said, look, and there was nobody. It was Sunday around 10 a.m. There was nobody around. And one guy comes in and, and I asked him, do you have anybody I can talk to about learn how to fly? And he's like, well, we don't have anybody on Sunday, but there's a guy that comes in here in about five, 10 minutes. You can talk to him. And then my future instructor comes in and it turned out to be the, um, the most uh, experienced instructor in the school. And he's, he's all about safety and he's one of the best there. And I'm not sure how that happened, but I walked Amen. in randomly. He came in, we've talked and he, you know, I had a, I, I interviewed him. I actually interviewed him for an hour uh, to make sure he's all about safety and that that's what that's what I need. And then we ended up flying, and it's a great match. I don't know how that happened. I was researching about this school, but I didn't know they they had twenty different instructors. It could have been anybody, but I people picked up. Could, yeah, I people come into your life at the right time, the right they, time at the right place, and that's called fate and karma, man. And that's I, that's I, the only explanation I have. It was completely random. So let me ask you this. I, I ask these questions to every guest on my show. What is the single, Alex, what's the single greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every single day? Never accept no as an answer. I love there's, it, man. There's so, so many failures and there's, there's people say no to you every time. They don't, they, they don't believe in your ideas. They, they discourage you sometimes. You know, it's tough. So I, I would say, and that's been helping me a lot. Just never accept no as an answer. Just do what you love. Keep on doing if you need it more. Find ways to find a way to figure things out. And uh, I, that's been a key success in, in my life. One of them, but that's what pop, popped out right when you asked that. No, I love it, never, man. Never take no as an answer. And, 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 and that's, you just got to believe that, man. And then when you put that into practice every single day, watch all the doors open for you. Or said another way, watch all those doors at once closed, you know, get kicked back open. I love it. And what would you say is your superpower? What do you do better than anyone in this universe that makes you who you are, man? Um, I love achieving goals. So when I set a goal, I can achieve it. No, like at any, not at any cost, but I work so hard to just get to the point. And uh, I'm an overachiever, definitely. And I'm a perfectionist. So I do that at, at the very high quality. Um, and, uh, I'm pretty much like you give me a task and I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen at a highest quality possible. I love it. And man. it could be anything, anything. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're just Jack of all trades. I absolutely love this conversation. And last but not least, Alex, you know, m my show is about digging down for that tenacity and looking up when, when things are tough and looking up when you want to show gratitude. And for me, that's my North star, man. I look to that. But for you, Alex, what is your North Star? What pulls you up every single day? What do you look to when you're down? And what do you look to for, for gratitude? A um, few things. Uh, first and foremost, my family. Um, I would say music and sports. Those are three go-to places that, that keeps me going. And uh, um, if the things go hard, I just go, go back to basics. And that's what I've been taught in, uh, for sports and business. If things go south and, or something starts to be shaky, you just go back to basics. It's your basic routines in sports. It's just coming back to your basic routines and, and working out or, and if you screwed up in the game, you have to mentally skip that or, or, or not think about it and move forward. Same here. Same, same, same thing here. You move forward, you go back to basics. If it's business, you go back to basic sales and just start doing sales uh, every single day. 
and for for eight hours a day you email call you go out even if you don't like it like i'm not a huge fan of i'm not a huge fan of going around and talking to a lot of people i like to get straight to the point and talk but sometimes if things get tough i go and do what i need to do and i write i write myself a to-do list and i just go and execute it i love it man Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your time. Uh, looking forward to continuing to build this relationship so we can help uh, each other out. Where can folks find you? Where can they connect with you? I'm, I'm very reactive and active on um, uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. So add me on LinkedIn and connect with me on Instagram. And I'm very responsive. I'm um, happy to help uh, suggest anything uh, around software engineering, mobile apps, uh, hockey, airplanes, and music. <laughs> and uh, I love it, man. Yeah. Thanks, great- thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's been a great conversation, Alex. We'll certainly take this offline. And everybody, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Please remember to follow us on all the channels below. Click, link, subscribe, share, comment, spread the word of the podcast. Remember, take your online offline and catch us next week, everyone, for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode, jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.